Welcome to the Mound Visit Podcast on the Top 100 Sports Network. I'm Casey Honigbaum, joined as always by the 13-year MLB veteran and all-star Jason Grilly. We want to remind you before we get started with today's episode that if you want to watch the podcast, you could do so on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Give the video a like. It really helps us out. You can also listen to the podcast if you just prefer to do that. And you can do that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that jazz. And today's episode is pretty special. We got a couple of good uh, topics to talk about specifically. We're talking about Jacob deGrom and his emotional press conference he had after finding out about Tommy John surgery. We talked about Alec Manoa and some of the mental hurdles he's going to have to go into um, to sort of overcome what he's going through right now. And Grilly, if anyone, is is good to talk about that because, you know, he's been played in every level of the minor leagues and has definitely had his fair shares of ups and downs during his career. So some really interesting insight there. And then lastly, we'll uh, touch on Luis Arias's pursuit for 400 and what that means for his MVP candidacy. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Seven Wednesday, baby. I always look forward to talking to Case and yes, all the sir. top hot topics. So thanks for tuning in. We have a show episode number nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about all kinds of uh, bodily f- harm, noises, uh, <laughs> functions, and what these freak shows can do in the major leagues, man. Because uh, there's a lot of freak shows out there. It right sounded now. like you were about to start talking about farts. Well, that happens in the clubhouse. It happens on the mound. I've shit myself plenty of times on the mound. (laughs) So, like I said, get you some TP, a hot dog, a cup of coffee. Tune in, man. We're going. We're going, man. We got lots to cover. Wow. There's a lot happening in the big leagues, uh, the minor leagues, wherever. Mm -hmm. What should we – I mean, there's so – what do we start with? There's so much to – do we get the – Go ahead. You brought your teeth this morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you shaved this morning, right? I did. Yep. No, and there were no casualties. Like there no were casualties. a couple. Yeah, yeah. So. Heavy bleeder. I've been bleeding from my allergies. I've had some serious gut blushing nosebleeds from oh. the allergies. I think the pollen counts down, so it's good. Yeah. And uh, I'm able to do the show, but I was just sitting there, man. And it is funny when you get out of the shower and you kind of start analyzing yourself, right? We all do this, yeah, of course. Whether you admit it or not, because uh, you got all these Instagram feeds of all these people all shredded and, you know, got the Rocky Balboa music and all these inspirational quotes from who knows, right? And yeah. you're sitting there going, like, what did I do today? Well, I threw down another double cheeseburger for lunch with a good Coke and fries. <laughs> and I don't have that time right now. I don't have that time unless I wake up at four in the stinking morning. Yeah. But I'm getting there because my kids are getting out of school. And so... Like I said, if if I could press play on what my mind says, mm-hmm. it'd be a four-hour show, bro. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of sidebar segments. So if there's a shrink in the house, you know, you'd have a field day with just talking. I mean, let's be vulnerable. Let's talk. Get it out on the open. But, uh, yeah, I was sitting there thinking, and I'm not going to say my good friend's name. I, I talked to him this morning okay. about bodily hair where, you know, you lose it in some place, it grows in the other. So... This is a good clubhouse story, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to mention names. 
but you might be able to figure it out. So a good buddy of mine, it was Harry. He had this kind of a sweater developing on his back of his, <laughs> back of his triceps, his back, hairy back, starting to look like a little bit of a werewolf, you know. Uh, and We've all got that friend. Yep. Yeah. And his uh, his lady was not too, getting too turned on by, you know, <laughs> the sweater he was wearing. So apparently he took it upon himself to go get some electrolysis, right? Get the, the shock laser therapy, whatever. Oh. To, you you have to go to it and you can remove hair uh, by hmm. shocking the hair follicle. Like laser hair removal, that type thing? Laser hair yeah, removal, yeah. right? Okay. Instead of, instead of that, that, the tape ripping it right off Ugh. your chest, you know? There's I only think about that. That scene in uh, uh, what is it, the forty-year-old version when Steve Carell yes, is getting yes, there? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> instead of him doing that painful yeah. uh, procedure, apparently he, t- he saw something in the mall and they were doing something or whatever, mm-hmm. and he signed up for wherever they were doing the marketing and promotion. So he went to the office, and you proceed. You have to go to like five treatments to get make sure the hair follicle dies and okay. it be there again. Some people do it even on their face and for their beard line of. Thought that because you know you start shaving case right it starts creeping up to your eyeball, mm-hmm. hairy eyeballs. Uh, so my buddy decides to sign up for this five step process right with these okay. hair follicles. He goes to like two of them right, and the lady's like, "Hey, you gotta come back and schedule the next appointment." And she he's like, "Hell no, that that shit hurts right." And so so she's like, "Well, I just want you to know like." You paid full gig for the whole treatment, and the first two actually stimulate hair growth. So you might want to come in and because she's like, he's like, heck no, it, that stuff hurts. I'm not, I don't want to go back. I'm done. So he goes, I actually paid fifteen hundred bucks to be hairier than he actually was. So I thought that was a funny way. Like I said, when you wake up and you get in the shower and you're like, what's my day gonna be like? Uh, mine's just I want to get some abs back, bro. Oh, there you go. I'd like to see instead of the one ab, uh, <laughs> one ab, I'd like to get a couple back because I found a picture. Um, a, another friend of mine asked me to do this thing. He's he's doing something with AI and imaging, and he asked for twenty pictures of 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 me. And I'm like going through my list, which I go. I never really take a lot of selfies and yeah. whatever, um, but there are some mixed in there or just pictures I have. And so I saw one when I was actually bulldozing and building this complex after i retired and i saw myself it was a hot day and i had my shirt off and just like kind of kicking back and i don't know what it was but i took a i did take a selfie that day i think yeah. i was feeling myself pretty good yeah there you go and i found it and i'm like god bless i gotta put that up on my mirror man, <laughs> and motivate myself to instead of hit the inside of the refrigerator uh i'm just finding ways man i just i'm reading stuff about cortisol and how mm. much that helps you get fat. I'm reading about after dinner, you should drink a cup of black coffee, right? Curbs wow. out the rest of it. Says it well, yeah, it. appetite suppressant, right? yeah. And go brush your teeth right after you have the coffee because then it's like, what do you want to eat after you brush your teeth? Right. Not really. Anything. Go to bed, man. Go to bed. You don't keep eating. All right, so that's enough, man. What a, <laughs> what a, what a waste of time. You guys will never get that back. I'm sorry. Uh, that's a big-time rant. But I think real. everybody goes through that same thing, though. That's a very relatable topic. Looking and, uh, in the mirror and being like, you, sorry. Right? Yeah. All right. So I got my souvenir mu- cups. Oh, that's a mean one to I hold come. up in front of me right now. After we just, sorry. they just beat the okay. Mets. That was a, oh. well, I was a brave at one point, And that's I true. always take these because 
drank as much water as possible. But this one's got wear and tear. So I might mm-hmm. have to go back. I am going back for a uh, Braves alumni deal. I'm bringing my son uh, against the Pirates late in September. Mm. And so I have to get a new Braves cup. I keep all these like uh, collector's items, but they're not collector's items. It's if, just a if you get the game. chance when you go back for that alumni, do myself, Mets fans, and the Mets a favor. Maybe drop a couple laxatives in the food. I don't know. Because they need to <laughs> – it's, it's time for them to, to chill out. Oh, yeah, man. man. Well, listen, it, you know, speaking <laughs> of which, former Met, DeGrom, let's kick off yeah, with, that's a with good our point. boy DeGrom because what a talent, what a sad story. He's having his second Tommy John. Yeah. Uh, the guy's a warrior, uh, one of the best pitchers, signed a, a big deal to, with Texas. And uh, to see that guy in tears, man, it, it hurt my heart this morning because I know that pain. Yeah. I know that yeah. pain very well. I, I wanted to I, – I watched that video – and obviously I had, you know, a lot of emotions around that, especially with, like you mentioned, him being a former Met. That's my team. DeGrom was my favorite yeah. player when he was a Met. I, I mean, watching him pitch, you know, you think about greatness as an athlete. When he was on the field, there was nobody better at their job yep. than Jacob DeGrom. I, I mean, wanted it, to be DeGrom, dude. I, I, I sit there and I'm like, God, are you – even as a player, yeah. you look at players, you're like, I wish I could be like him, man. You know, yeah. it's 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 a it's an admiration, not a jealousy. Yeah, thing. of course. Because you sit there and you're like, God, I could be better. How do I be better? But you know, there's a boatload of God gifted talent. Um, and when he was at his best, man, the swag that that man had and, mm-hmm. and what he's done. But and to see, like I said, to see him in tears. Yeah. To be that, to be that vulnerable, I guess maybe that's why I opened up about being vulnerable this morning, yeah. making fun of myself. We're just telling some silly stories for a guy to, to, to be that way. And, and some people may knock that, but that's real, man. That was well, real emotion that he's yeah. saddened by having to go through that. Cause when baseball goes on without you, and we talk about that a lot, right? Keeping yeah. the uniform on as long as possible. Here's a guy that's, that's, that's set. And some guys would be like, dude, I could chill. He's still making millions right. of dollars. He loved, he even said in his interview, I love what I do. And that just showed me, man, I'm a bigger fan of the person because for somebody to be that dedicated to his craft, his team, right? Because that's really what it's about. You're, you're, you're playing for your, for your teammates. Yeah. And uh, to not be there and, and have the game taken away. Uh, I, I know, I, I have no doubt the doctors are going to do the best job on them. And it's just a lot of work. Yeah. And it, it's a very lonely place, a very depressing thing. You go through all that depression when the game's taken away from you and just sulking in the work that goes into it man so uh. it, it really is something i think that gets overlooked sometimes when because obviously there's the entire aspect around injuries like that and you can think about well you know fans get frustrated and you know especially you're paying the guy 40 million dollars to pitch and he's not going to pitch but and and I think especially going into this season with Degrom, I think there was a some people questioned, you know, does he? Because nobody expected the Rangers to be where they are right now, but they're they're legit contender. I mean, at at this point, like with Degrom coming back, people were right. looking at them as a World Series contender. So now, when you look at it, you know, I think that press conference, that clip of him getting emotional yesterday when talking about that Tommy John surgery, I really think that 
put it into perspective how much being on the mound means to Jacob DeGrom, especially when if you're Jacob DeGrom and you know what you can do when you're at your best, you are unhittable when you're at your best. And I think I can only try and put myself in his shoes, but I got to imagine, um, and I and I and you can do this better than I can, but when you know that you have that talent, especially at the major league level, it's got to be maddening when you keep having setback after setback. Yeah. And now to know that you're not going to be able to do that for a, a, at least a year. Yeah, that's the story of my career, man. I had a, a, a stress fracture right after my major league debut, which caused me one of Tommy John. Uh, I've had Achilles. I've had torn quads. I've had, you know, so I, I can speak to being injured and having to overcome that to play back and get back. Um, and especially, you know, he, he where he's safe is that he's got a big, 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 big deal behind right. him. They're going to give him every opportunity. They're going to give him the good carrots and the good apples. Yeah. And he's Jacob deGrom. So um, the talent and the, the won't go away. It's just, can he get himself uh, back to that feel and confidence? That's really what it is. Because again, that's a great segue into the mental part of it, man, where again, we always got to talk about the, the physicality, but the, yeah. the head that drives the, the, the car and the engine, um, the, men, the mental conf and the mental capabilities and the mental uh, confidence that you have to have, right, on yeah. everything that you've done physically to prepare yourself in pregame, all the rehab he's got to do. But then you shift over to a guy like Manoa, who just yep. got sent down all the way down uh, to reconfigure. This guy's an all-star, man, and is having the setback just uh, for whatever reason. Um, I got to believe it's probably something mental. I, I, success anymore you gotta I, I have to agree because I mean you look at Manoa's been in the major leagues for three years now and you know his first year that he came up when he was a rookie over 111 innings pitched he had a 3.2 ERA 139 ERA plus I mean he was he was the real deal and then last year he followed that up he was third in Cy Young voting he was an all-star uh, 2.24 ERA over almost 200 innings pitched. Looked like a great teammate, man. Absolutely. I mean, they, they fun on the mic. They mic'd him up, and he's yeah, striking dudes out, like having fun with John Smoltz. And that know, was the, oh, yeah. that was right? awesome. So, yeah, he was a great guy to watch on the field. A lot of he was a fiery competitor, which yeah, is what so to, baseball needs. Yeah, and you sit there and go, that's a confident person. If you could sit yeah. there, I wouldn't want to be mic'd up right. while I'm doing my crap. Me personally. But to sit there, I was like, man, that's some freaking Well, is that because of some expletives that might have come out while you were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I had to talk to myself a lot. But, it, um, yeah, but, you know, when, when you're letting your team down, you're letting yourself down, you, yeah. you feel like you're letting your teammates down, and then you're letting the, the, the city down that you're playing for, it does shake your confidence right. as a grown man and even as an all-star caliber pitcher. Um, so it, it's – it's something that I think, um, you know, you, you, you learn even, even as a good player. Cause, because, you know, thinking about, I mean, I'm blending all these topics that I'm kind of bringing together. Yeah. That I, you and I had talked about, we want to talk about, you know, to have confidence to win batting title after batting title. You look at a guy like Rod Carew. Sure. Right. Back in the day, won seven batting titles. And I think the last few years of his career, hit from like three three oh five to three thirty nine and didn't win one. Um so <laughs> to still be awesome, yeah, but not be the greatest right. at awesome, 
is, is unbelievable because you look at the, 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 the track record of somebody who won seven straight batting titles or whatever, yeah. and in those other three years that he didn't or whatever, um, he still hit above 300. Like people would have career banner years if they hit 305 or 339, especially in today's game, right? Yeah, oh, a right. Buck 70, a buck well, 98. You're still in the big leagues. I, I Crazy. Think, I think it just goes to show you how, you know, for for fans of baseball, I think they know this, but I think things like this really put it into perspective again how difficult this game is. And, you know, you think about, and we talk about it all the time, and we, we talked about it with Drew Maggi and, you know, finally making it to the major leagues that's one thing and that's it's it's an amazing accomplishment once you do that you know you're able to say for the rest of your life that you were a big leaguer but it's another thing to stay in the major leagues and then not only stay in the major leagues but continue to have success that's why you know it, I, I, I mean that's why these legends in the game are so revered by the fans and by writers yeah. and by everyone by their teams because and their teammates because it's just to have success and continued success, sustained success, that's a tough, those are tough, two tough ones to put back to back. Um, it's incredible. And, and I mean, you look at Manoa, like I said, you know, you go from a 2.24 ERA, you're on top of the world. And now all of a sudden you're one in seven with a 6.3 ERA. It's just, the game humbles you. I <laughs> feel like yeah. it, it, it's always hard. It's hard to get there. It's hard to stay there. It's yeah. hard to, you know, to do hard better, right? That's what you think you can continue to learn. And if you can sustain that yeah. and that mentality, that intense mentality, dude, it's so intense. Yeah. That's why you laugh. I tried to laugh all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you got to, I think that's where a lot of the mental stuff, uh, just in life, you know, you see people that are seem to be happier, that charismatic and mm -hmm. energy. There's, there's people that are struggling with that because they're trying to, Fake it till you make it, right? Sure. We don't have good days all the time unless you're these little gophers out here <laughs> having a what? good playtime all day long. But you know, they might have they might have their struggles, you know, they can't yeah. dig the hole, get out of that hole they dug. But you know, that's what I think everybody's gotta find that. And in order to be great, you gotta be good all the time. And that intensity of that man is unbelievable. What do you think now? So it's interesting to think about now. We've talked about this. A former All Star now being sent. I mean, he's not even just sent to Triple A. He got sent to rookie ball. So mm -hmm. now that he's there, as someone who's like yourself, who's been you know up and down, you know, have gone from the major leagues to the minor leagues and back, and then finally sticking at the major leagues. What is this process like for him now? Because I feel like this is something that fans might not know. What is this process going to be like? Are they going to be holding his hand? Is he going to kind of have to go down there? and take a look at himself and think about what does this look like well, as a major leaguer now getting sent down to work on some stuff? Well, if, if I was able to talk to him, I played every level of baseball in 2001, right wow. after my, my broken arm, um, right before I had Tommy John. It was kind of flaring up, and I 2002 I wound up having Tommy John. But yeah. I, I played every level of baseball. And the way approach that I took it was like, man, I had fun. The minor leagues and the shenanigans that goes on there. Yeah, if he can, if he can lower his ego to that level and really try to have some fun, right? Because the spread table is not good unless he's going to buy it for these guys, and maybe those guys are going to be excited because right. you got a big leaguer going to buy him some some good food, and that truth that truthfully happens. So I know that's going to be taken care of. I think there's just some perspective that might come 
back and rejuvenate them because sometimes you do lose that. Uh, there, something's going on mentally, whether it's personal, whether it's just confidence shaken. And I think if he just learns that, man, I went through all this already. Yeah. And the fun of what I am. Like, look at the Grom. We're, we're tying in all this stuff together, these topics. The Grom, you know, the pain of, of, of having the game taken away from yeah. you. Well, no, no different. He might not be hurt physically, but mentally, it's that confidence to just have fun, appreciation sure. for what you put into it and the love and respect of this game. Like you said, it will humble you if you don't. And I'm not saying that he doesn't, but we don't know. You know, right. it's the unknown, and we can only surmise what he might be going through. But I, I hope for him and the Blue Jays, my Blue Jays, man, I love mm -hmm. the Blue Jays, that, that, that he can restore his confidence because he can do some damage on the field. We need that guy back. Um, but if he, can, if he can find that groove, uh, I, I hope he has some fun in the minor leagues and, and, and realize, like, man, these bus trips or, you know, these showers and the, the catering to what you get as a big leaguer, he's going to go back and go, whoa, man, mm -hmm. you know, because the sparklies, like I said, all the chains and all the, the flash that we see in the big leagues, it's yeah. the only place to play this game. Yeah. But the road to the show, man, is you, you fall back and you go, if you're able to do that, and, and it, it, it will definitely be a monumental part, uh, an integral part of his comeback. Yeah. Um, when that'll be, who knows? It's you know? it, it's interesting because I always I think about this too from the standpoint of he was one of the slowest working pitchers in the major leagues last year, and obviously now with I wonder how much the implementation of the pitch clock played into some of his struggles mm -hmm. because I think a lot of it is I think about this from it's a mental and a physical thing because. As a pitcher, especially as someone who pitched in college, I feel like I could speak to this too. You have, you have um, sort of a mental routine that you go through. I did before every pitch, and it's not like you know a long routine, but it's something that you go through every pitch. And some pitchers have a longer mental routine, yeah. and some pitchers have a shorter one. And for his, whether it's a physical or a little mental thing that he does each time before he throws a pitch, um, I wonder if that was something that was you know, I guess messed up by the, by the pitch clock. And now, you know, he's, he's rushing. He's not necessarily pitching. Now he's throwing and he doesn't, maybe he feels like he doesn't have time. So I'm wondering, like, do you think that some, cause I know you didn't have to pitch with the pitch clock, but in your opinion, do you think that somebody who showed somebody who was an all-star, you know, a top three Cy Young finisher, do you think he'll be able to overcome something like this and, if so, how long do you think something like that takes? Confidence is something. It, it, dude, the mental part of the game, just the mental part of just having a good day in life. You know, when you get shell-shocked, right, when your confidence is shaked, um, it could be there's – a, there's, a, there's a slew of, you know, scenarios. It doesn't have yeah. to be in sports, just in life. Um that, that zings you, you know, you're cutting somebody off, you're getting, the cop pulls you over, you know, your confidence kind of goes, oh my God, I got to be, like, you just start getting amped up. So, sure. uh, in the situations, but something that is every day and how you're viewed and worrying about what people think about you and, you know, athletes, man, they're, they're under the microscope, right? Uh, 
people tweet about it, people blog about it. You got the MLB.com website and all these writers writing about you. And, right. and you know, again, I, thinking about the, the vulnerability of the Grom showing true emotion, man, that's mm-hmm. a real dude right there. Um, to see someone that, that we see as a superhero mm-hmm. kind of just, just be himself and yep. show how much the game is going to be missed. Uh, you know, it's, it's it going to feel like an eternity. I know every time I was hurt, it felt like an eternity, man, being in a training room with nobody clapping, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think. You think he'll be able to overcome it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I, I, like I said, I hope he has fun. Like, go back and just. That's go an interesting fun. way to look at it. Yeah, go have fun, dude. You might have put so much pressure because, you know, Mano, he's he's had a short big league career, right? And, and yeah, and it's only two years. Yeah, I took me six, fifteen, sixteen years to be an all star. Like I'm making <laughs> trying to do shifting here, hurt, uh, up and down. Right. This kid, you know, you sit there and you go, and I'm not trying to compare myself, but I go, you got to be an all star early in your career. Right. So people sometimes I think get scared of success. Mm. Instead of scared of failure, hmm. you go, how do I do that again? Yeah. How can I be an MVP again? I've had a conversation with an MVP yeah. behind closed doors and he was having a tough time. I'm like, dude, it's hard to be that good all the time yeah. at that yeah. level. And that's why there's a hall of fame because these guys figured it out. Those guys had the confidence to be there but just because you're not there doesn't mean you're not a good player. If you're in the yeah. big leagues, you're a good effing player, man. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I just hope that he maybe, I mean, maybe I'm figuring it out, you know, for him, or maybe I'm just reliving some of the things that I wish I could have turned around myself. Sure. Speaking out loud. You know, sometimes you are scared of success uh, more than you are a failure because, right, if you don't hit 400 or you don't hit, uh, you go over three today. You get a yeah. pat on the butt, like, "Hey, man, hang in there." You hit the ball good three times, but you you went over today. Yeah, it affects your affects your mentality. Sometimes when I didn't have my best stuff, I would pray for lasers that were giving up to be hit right at people and by put up a zero mm-hmm. because sometimes that zero, I got lucky, and you yeah. got to be lucky too. Sure. It all has to blend, bro. It all has to flow. You know, from everything's good at home to. The fans are, you know, I'm digging myself. I feel good. Yeah. That ache in my arm or the hamstring that I think was going to blow out. Uh, I got, I got the, the trainers got me right and I didn't miss time. There's so many things that guys um, go through. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard. I, I always, uh, I saw it from a fan. I hate when people go, oh, you suck. Or I'm like, dude, the guy's working here, man. Yeah. You know, and, and and to get personal with guys and sit there, the envy or that rival feeling that a fan can just blow up a player mm-hmm. on any level nowadays. I say, man, you got you got to understand, man. These these guys are human beings too. Of course, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's move on to a more a more happy subject. Well, I mean, yeah, there's 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 a silver lining, but you mentioned it very briefly, and I think this is this is going to be a fascinating conversation because. I think about, you know, when you think about baseball, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, this is, you know, that sustained success is so important, and it's why guys, um, you know, it's why the the st- statistics and the, the all-time legends of the game are so revered. But 
I think one of those numbers that we always look at as like a almost like an immortal type number is the 400 batting average. Uh, Luis Arias right now, what he's doing, 212 at bats so far in the season. He's hitting 401. Um, just through, I think we're at 61 games uh, now in the season. Yeah, um, John Overwood would think it was the last thing. He was like exactly. I think so. We're same type of after what 60 some odd games. Same. Something like that. I can't remember the exact. I can't remember the guy. I saw the list the other day. There was Olerud, Todd Helton, Chipper Jones, like some of those guys, like were the last ones the to one were comparing where he's at at the yeah. same same amount of at bats and same amount of hits and all that. But yeah, what dude? Mentally, either you're just having fun and you're that good of a hitter. But I think also, man, the shift being taken away for this to happen um, also plays into it too, Could- man. Yeah. Well, so Arias has always been a high average hitter. He's a career 326 hitter, but to hit four, I mean, it's another level, obviously. But I wanted to ask you this because this is another fascinating conversation. And um, this guy's blowing 98 to 100 these days, right? Well, there's that. I mean, that part of it, too, is is incredible. Um, But so I look at, I'm looking at Arias' numbers, right? And I just mentioned them 401 average. Um, he's got a 946 OPS, which is, I mean, that's that's tops in the league right there. But now I'm also looking at because I'm thinking about this from an, you know, the MVP conversation. I look at the the guy who is supposedly the front runner right now, and Ronald Acuna Jr. He's got 12 homers. He's hitting 329, uh, 26 stolen bases, 963 OPS. So. Obviously, a little bit of a difference there in terms of the power numbers. Arias has only got one home run, but he's not a power guy. We know that. So I want to ask you this. At the end of the season, say we get there. Say Acuna hits 30 home runs and steals 60, 70 bases, whatever, hits 300. But Arias hits 400. What does the MVP conversation look like? If they're kind of right around their same numbers with their on-base percentage, their OPS, all that stuff, but clearly one of them you know, is impacting the, the game aside from just the batting average standpoint in Acuna. Do you think it's enough for Arias to hit 400 and that kind of be the only part of his game that's super significant? Do you think that's enough for him to win an MVP? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, I think a feat like that and the pressure of that coming at the end of the season, I think that would be even... I guess I don't. I don't know. I'm not it's a crazy. hitter. I've never been a hitter to, to be that good of a hitter, yeah. either. You know, they go look at the home run chase, right? The Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, yep. home run chase. The pressure of that, um, just a perfect game being thrown, right? I guess you could kind of, kind of. It, it's not. There's nothing. It's hard to compare. It's hard to compare. Even you know what you yeah. said. This guy doing versus Okuna Jr. Uh, at the end of the season. What's MVP worthy? I don't know. That's why we play it out, right? We, we yeah. got hot, hot buttons, hot topics. What if we, you and I, were running for president of, uh, you know, school or whatever, of the United States of America? Mm. A little bit compare? of a difference there, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying. How do you compare? <laughs> how, do you, how do you compare what is what is better or MVP sure. worthy, or what it what gives you the title? Yeah. Or the right to earn that that award, right? To say this is better than that. Yeah, that's better than this on a whole. You know, that's the scale, and and that's why numbers do play into. I think each each thing is 
invaluable to a team uh, on a numerous levels because uh, I if if guys hitting four hundred, I'm going, dude, what are you eating for breakfast? <laughs> right? What there's guys that just like rubbing up against them, like, hey, dude, let me have this after <laughs> you're done with it because I need whatever good mojo you got going. I don't care seriously whether it's home runs, stolen bases, this or that. If you're hitting in the big leagues, dude, like like he's hitting, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. And every so, night, it, I, I think. Well, go ahead, keep going. No, just every night, just producing. Oh yeah, I, I think the, it's interesting because it almost goes back to what we were talking about last week when we talked about Judge and Otani, and it yeah. was like to beat out Otani for MVP, Judge had to do something historic, and he did. He broke the AL home run record. He had sixty-two home runs. So I don't know if that like if Acuna has an unbelievable year, it's a different kind of thing, but it's sort of a similar conversation where it's like Arias would like if he hits 380, amazing still, of course. Even if he hits 390, it's incredible, but I think it's one of those things where like if Acuna stays on his season projections and finishes with 35 homers and 70 stolen bases like he's projected to do right now, it might take like would it take Arias hitting 400 to beat him out for that? I don't know if that's if, you know, if it's you know, that it's similar funny. thing. You know what's funny is that uh, in, in, as you're talking, I'm thinking of something that just hit me. When you talk about the American League versus the National League, it's almost like the American League, we're talking Otani and Judge, and it's yeah. all this dominant power, strength, yeah. fastball, get, like domination when you talk sure. about those guys. And not that those guys in the National League aren't, but just I don't know. For me, it's always been kind of that way. That sure, the 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 flair of the National League kind of like is secondary to some of the glim glam of the American League. Is that that's you know what I mean? like, yeah? Because it kind of it does seem like your your American League like your best player in your American League is that is that big bopper that that dude who's gonna I, I mean. I guess the last guy like that that I could think of in the NL was like, I mean, Stanton won an MVP in the NL, but then he got traded to the Yankees immediately. So it's like he went right over to the AL. So that's an interesting. I mean, it just that just hit me. I don't know why, but my grandpa always says the same sort of thing because he he's a Yankees fan. So he and he's always saying he's like, I always notice the kind of the power game more in the American yeah. League. And I, it's probably going to start it might even out over time. I, my guess is that's probably because of the the designated hitter was in the AL for so long. I guess that just from a basic standpoint that's my best guess, but I know what you yeah, mean. Who, who 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 was the last person to hit 400? And look Ted Williams. Back. I know. And so it's just it's kind of yeah. like I'm saying that, but yet the guy who hit 400 was in the, in the AL. In the AL. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it's just the way the game has evolved or the type of player, the type of game that was played. Sure. You know, uh, and again, Rod Carew, da- tap dancing. There's an old name, mm. a all-star, uh, Hall of Famer, and won seven straight batting titles. And then Nuts. even toy with 400 as often as he did. Yeah. Right? 373 a couple times and – I'm just insane about – to me, it's like as a pitcher, I'm just sitting there going like, if a guy's that hot hitting 400, I'd rather just – instead of – just hit him with one pitch. <laughs> first base, dude. I'll give you first base. Right? Sorry I got to hit you. They just 
uh, but I'm trying to save some bullets in my arm to get out the guys that aren't hitting 400. Yeah. Right? If, I, if you're coming up, the chances are... You're going to get ahead. Yeah, he was 0 for 2 last night, and he wound up getting two hits. He was hitting 500 on the night. You know? Right. Yeah. So... It's, it's interesting. I, I think the... I'm, I'm think it's because it, the 400 batting average. It's such a, I don't. It's just such a cool conversation because I, you know, neither of us were around the last time someone hit 400, so we don't know what it was like to witness that that chase. Because even even though guys hit 400 earlier in the you know in the 1900s, it was still an an incredible accomplishment by Williams because nobody had done it for a little while before that. And it was that chase and leading up to the last day, he could have sat out and be at like 399.3996. So it would have rounded up, but he decided to stay in, got a couple hits, hit 402. But like, and then you think back to um, uh, Tony Gwynn in um, the strike shortened season in 94. He was hitting 394 when the season ended. And I know a yeah, lot but, of people yeah, think. Yeah, but you of, know what? You know yeah. what? Think of to hit that amount think of the 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 days you go and have a hit streak right sure some of these guys that are that are tap dancing with that number they're going in there and they're getting a hit every night Mm -hmm. pretty much right you're guaranteed to see a guy that's that's tap dancing with that he's getting a hit yeah whether it's a key hit or it's just a bloop single or an infield hit it doesn't matter he's getting a hit that's what that's what's been happening and you see long hit streaks yeah right which again the pressure of that and that number hitting streak if you're tap dancing with 400 you got you're you're going to be in the topic of you know what 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 does this kid have a hit streak of i'm sure it's about 25 it's a good games. question yeah he's probably got a good hit streak going I, yeah i, I mean gotta, he's got a he actually um he's got a one two three four game hit streak okay so that's a but streak. one of one of those games he had five he had five <laughs> still hits. A streak man that's still a streak yeah. I'd rather go four days in a row. That's a series. I get a hit in the series. Yeah. Um, he's hot. Yeah. And see, that's the stuff as a pitching staff. When you do a scouting report, and you're going, okay, the Marlins are coming into town or whoever's coming to town, and this is how we're going to pitch this guy. Yeah. I'm like, I just throw it down the middle and hope that he hits it at somebody. <laughs> he's hot right now. I don't give a shit. If you're looking at this pixel, some scout's like, we got to throw it in this hot. This is a heat zone. I'm the heat maps. I'm like, dude. You want, uh, so I'm not I'm pitching to a person in real space and yeah, time. Okay. I said, there's no pixels out on the field. Okay? <laughs> I'm trying to throw it to an area and hope that I jam them or throw them off, off speed pitch that gets them out in front and rolls over on one. You know, yeah. which might be tough to do with Arias right now because he's not Jeez. doing much all of right, that at all. I, you know, I I just thought about this too, and I think. I think the MVP, that whole MVP conversation, and we we talked about this too last episode, but I I think it it can eat it. I think people look at it the wrong way, kind of, because hitting 400 is incredible, and it's incredible an incredible accomplishment. But I think like I think a lot of baseball fans look at it, and my I'm guilty of this myself too. It's like okay, well, if he doesn't win the MVP for this, then is the 
accomplishment itself is the accomplishment celebrated enough and i think we can celebrate these accomplishments like i look at it last year and i'm i'm probably in the minority for this but i thought otani should have won the mvp last year even mm-hmm. though judge had an amazing season i still think it's okay to recognize these incredible achievements these historical achievements but also understand that just because you have that number on your stat sheet doesn't win it all all the way through, right? I right. Get you. It doesn't necessarily mean that. I, I don't know, because I mean, it's like talking about a weighted average, right? Sure. You got a weighted average in in school, you know. I don't know. We we try to put values on on things uh, so yeah. that there's an understanding, or to persuade as as to why what we find the reason why that someone's more deserving than enough. Because, like I said. Let's face it. The poster children of of MLB yeah. are the guys that are making the most money. Sure. The guys you want on the dish or on the mound in those key moments, um, and they're able to do freakish things physically because they're mentally preparing themselves. They're just elite. They're the elitist of the elite. Yeah. And when you got something that is so hard to quantify, and like I said, when you give a piece of hardware that at the end of their career what gets him into the hall of fame well he's a three-time mvp mm-hmm. he won Cy young awards he won this many batting titles he was an all-star so there there's there are there are uh measuring you know things sticks yeah. that we we use to quantify what gets you in the hall uh of fame. um so that's why these these for those guys that that actually can go and get those awards and yeah. chase those types of things uh, to me is like, whoa, it's a next yeah. level. It even really is. Your next level to even be considered and, and, and throw that around. Um, I'd love to get into a men- mental discussion about that and really understand that. Um, let's, 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 let's save that for, uh, for our next episode. Cause I feel like we could go for another. Oh yeah. Well, you know what I could tie into that? Yeah. I just watched, um, uh, Eric Burns has a has a um, documentary, and I've been meaning it was on my browser for shoot, dude, forever. Okay, yeah. Now Eric Burns was an unbelievable player uh, to have on your team because he would run through a brick wall. Mm. Uh, but it, it, it's it's called Diamond to the Rough, and this guy mm-hmm. ran a um, hundred mile endurance run. Mm. Um, it, it was an incredible little story, and it, it, it made me. <laughs> it made me feel like that's what I said. I'm teasing myself about eating and in the mirror. So maybe yeah. that's where it's coming from. Cause I just watched it, but we're talking about the mentality of what hard is and how to do hard better. Yeah. Uh, because this game is hard. Life is hard. Um, yeah. and, and the intensity of playing 162 and all this stuff is why we probably gravitate to baseball because it's relatable for that sense, whether you've played it as a little leaguer or you love watching it, you're broadcasting, you love covering it. We love talking yeah. here, passing that baton on to these amateurs who are trying to get there mm-hmm. and see how hard it is just to get a college scholarship, mm. right? And, yeah. and get on a team to play at the next level, whether you're a high school player and to get to the next level, what that takes and what, what being at the right place, at the right time, showing up for that tryout and balling out that day of, of getting the attention to show off uh, 
it's hard, man. Yeah. So, you know, going back to that, that documentary, if you haven't watched it, dude, check it out. Uh, I'll send you the link for that, but mm -hmm. if we got to have Bernsey on the show. I don't think you and I would get a word in. I would, love that guy. He is awesome. He's so, so much I, fun to watch. Yeah. I tried to do, uh, when I was with the MLB network doing, I had my Achilles surgery and they brought me on to possibly be a, a you know, host on the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did a little trial run, uh, right. after I put my Achilles out and I was hobbling around the studio <laughs> I have to try to find some of that footage. But, uh, yeah, he was on there, man. And I was, I was like, man, this is hard to keep up with the charisma and energy of this guy. He's, He's the next level. You yeah, know, he does it. He does a great, great job with his uh, the no filter network um, yeah. that he's that he does that that stuff is awesome. So yeah. he he's no, very he, fun. He, he's doing awesome. He's doing Forrest Gump very well, man. There you he's go. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Great way to end the show. Um, yeah, and I man. Think Listen, it's awesome. It always is. And I think a fun thing to end off before we before we go and it, another good <laughs> reminder subscribe to the show spotify yeah, apple podcast google podcast wherever you get your shows watch the show on youtube mound visit just look it up on youtube you can watch the show subscribe to that channel as well um, so that you never miss an episode turn the notifications on like the video let us know what topics you want to cover hit us up on social media we're always there um keeping an eye on it and you know you do your instagram lives a couple minutes before the show so you can find that on jason grilly's instagram grilled cheese 49 um and then uh i think to end off we talked about the mvp we talked about 400 and we talked about ted williams so i guess the whole we did that whole conversation for nothing because when ted williams hit 406 <laughs> yeah. he didn't even win mvp so there you go so. see you got your answer <laughs> you answered your own question dang it that's right. That's funny, yeah. He's not an MVP. It doesn't matter if you hit 400. So don't try. Why try? It? Yeah. It's very hard. Why try to hit 400 if you're trying to win an MVP? You just don't do it. Yeah, you're just not going to do it. No. Yeah. No. Anyways, any words of wisdom before we get out of here? Uh, I think I'm going to order Uber Eats. It's my uh, breakfast today. Uber Eats okay. uh, from First Watch. Today's show has oh. been brought to you by First Watch, Gillette. Uh, what else do we talk Hair removal. Uh. Yeah, we did talk about laser hair removal. Um, what did we at the, the very beginning of the show? We talked about bodily functions. So this show is always brought to you by bodily functions. I feel like. Well, let me let me ask you this: If we're doing hair removal, if you hair injection, right? And if you could take hair from anywhere in your body, cover up. If you took one from your butt and put it on your head, would you be a butthead? And make you a butthead? <laughs> All right. Anyway. This is it. We're going off. We're going off kilter. Nobody cares. I think that. Nobody I like cares. that. Go brush your teeth at night. You know, stop eating. Yeah. And if you do laser hair removal, go to every session. Yeah. This was all over the place. The show 19, and and we have nonsense going on. But there were some good topics. Hopefully, you just Absolutely. fast forward or rewind to the good part. All right. The rest <laughs> of it's nonsense. It's time you guys will never get back. But we appreciate you joining us here. On Mount Visit, if you got some hot topics, magic tricks, let's get you on too, fans. We want to get you involved. So thanks for tuning in, Case. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, man.